Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang and today on The Detail... Looking for a way out of a nine-to-five? Perhaps you have an online side hustle that you want to crack on with. I was just lost, to be honest. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I just don't... I really, really don't want to get another, like, full-time job. It's an age-old question. How do you make a living? These are the traditional nine-to-five grind, but interest in side hustles is growing. A Loon Coach survey has found 32% of high school students want more classroom focus on how to launch a small business. It comes amidst a rise in high school students having their own side hustles, selling clothes or craft or you name it. A new survey by financial research website Finder shows that a third of New Zealanders have side hustles. Now that might seem high, but it includes normal things like renting out a room in your house. A side hustle that takes you into a business, however can take you down a tricky road. With the jack of all trades, we're trying to wear so many different hats. Um, I don't know majority of the things I'm doing. <laughs> like, I've Googled every single thing. The money you're making out of it, is it worthwhile for the time you spend, you know? So that's probably a massive question that every side hustle has. So, should you do it? And what are the options if you want to take something like this on? Side hustles is an area that um, is a growing area of interest for Kiwis. That's Kevin McHugh from Finder in New Zealand. It's something that we wanted to set up some content on the website to help inform people, help them better understand the ramifications and the implications of having a side hustle and also helpfully set them up for financial success. So when you say that it's a growing area, how do you how do you know? Um, well, we mainly judge that by the uh, the surveys that we carry out and also the traffic on our website relating to those side hustle pages. So we have a side hustle ideas page, which has been increasingly popular over the last year or so. We've kind of seen those pages creep into our you know top 50 and then top 20 and then sometimes top 10 pages on our site. More than 1,500 people over the age of 18 took part in the latest finder survey at the start of this year. There'll be more from Kevin later, but first... I'm in South Auckland in Papakura. Hi. <laughs> I'm Jessie. Charlie is the beloved family sausage dog of Sarah Bertram and Johan Kafelhofer. He's also the inspiration behind the name for their kids' furniture side hustle, Charlie's Choice. I've actually set up the name probably a year before we actually started selling stuff because I've always been a bit arty and I knew we wanted to do something. And, yeah, one day I was just like, oh, what do you think we should name it if we did something? And I was just like, what about Charlie's Choice? And, yeah, it just carried on. Like, when we actually went to do something, I was like, well, should we just use that? Awesome. Give it a go. <laughs> so we're walking through your backyard right now. Yep. Into this is our little workshed. Nice. Yeah. So Very picturesque with a lot of green vine and stuff all over it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is where we make all our bits and pieces, and this is where it all started. And we made uh, some things for our two boys, and then a few of our friends started making comments that this stuff was pretty cool and that we should maybe have a go at selling it. So yeah, we started making a few. You couldn't find anything that you you wanted for them? Um, That and, well, not in our budget, like, you know, kind of all the more funky stuff that I've always been a bit different in the way 
the things I like, probably not mainstream. I've always been a bit arty and like that sort of thing. And then you find them online and you're like, yeah, that's great, but it's like $2,000 so or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah, we just started making a few things and seeing if we could have a go and if it turned out okay. So here, what what do we have here? Um, so maybe Yo can explain yeah. the tools and things. <laughs> oh, general sort of woodworking stuff, routers, yeah. drills, sanders, saws. That's all kind of lined up on against the wall. We've got some nice shelves for everything. <laughs> and then here we've got, is this? Oh, that's a, like a homemade that's... table saw. Okay. Instead of going out buying a $1,000 machine. You just made one it. yourself. Exactly. So there's a homemade saw, and then you've got a bench to the right over here. And that there's some pieces from one of the helper chairs awesome. there that we make, and um, yeah, down the back is um, our climbers. So we've sold quite a few of them. So we've started to make a few in advance, so we can kind of speed it up, and people don't have to wait as long. Obviously, it's like handmade kind of stuff, so yeah. sometimes it is a bit of a wait for our thing. So we're just trying to see if we can speed that up a little bit as well and have some kind of stock I guess on hand as much yeah. as the budget allows <laughs> yeah. originally the first couple we made we cut them all ourselves and then we actually got quite a few orders over Christmas so we actually got a guy who's helping us cut out the templates and then we he has a big computerized CNC machine which we obviously can't afford right now yeah. um, hopefully one day um, so he cuts them for us and then we do all the finishing and everything after that are they easy to put together um, are we able to yeah, have a demonstration a, yeah, super easy actually <laughs> needs a bit of a sand actually but okay. so this, this so isn't a finished slot, one slot together oh I see yeah. but before they sanded they are a bit tight this is cool. So on one side you've got the actual, it's kind of like a ladder kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. So they can climb up there. It's all right. And then the other side, it's um, I keep thinking of Connect Four kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a dual purpose. You can like they can obviously climb, but then like at um, the markets and stuff, we've seen them, seen kids like chuck balls through it and play right. it as a game like that as well. Um, yeah. yeah, and our one inside, I don't know if you, in our lounge, I don't know if you saw it, but we have a big pillow inside the triangle, nice. um, and the boys can just chill out and read a book. Yeah. And, Charlie loves it. And, yeah, and our dog, he kind of owns one of them. He's just like, that's his place. Other products include table sets, beds with a slide, and a rocking bike. But as well as working on Charlie's Choice, both Sarah and Johan have full-time jobs, so time can be a challenge. Is what you the money you're making out of it, is it worthwhile for the time you spend, you know? So that's probably a massive question that every side hustle has. Like, And it's it's really cool for us for what we're doing and we love it, but then you, you never want to look at the hours that you've done mm. because, you know, it would never pay off. But hopefully in the long run, you know, you kind of, yeah, the good feedback that we get from the products at the moment and the yeah like the happiness we get out of it is enough to look over look past that you know you want to make money in the in the future we'd love to <laughs> love to be making some profit from it but yeah right now we're not in a loss but there's yeah there's no yeah big 
cash cash flow <laughs> coming in. Well, that started as a hobby, so yeah. a hobby making things for our kids, and people tend to like it. So the hours we spend, like our labour, doesn't really come into it because it's always been a hobby. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I think with most side hustles, you've got to kind of just want to do it. Like that's why people normally get into it. It's normally something they love, but they don't have the setup or they can't make it a full-time gig right now and so you do it for the love of it right and if you manage to make a few bucks then that's a bonus. But some side hustles also turn into fully fledged businesses. Wendy Quatch runs the clothes recycling business and again the idea for it started while she was stuck in hotel quarantine after returning from the UK. I came back last year in August um, yeah, I was there for about two and a half years. Um, it got extended because of COVID. But yeah, I, was, I spent a couple of years there working. When, when COVID hit mm. and, you know, you had to come back to New Zealand, what was your headspace in terms of what am I going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Like I was, um, I just, I wanted to come back because um, obviously my partner wanted to come and do his big OE and um, things like that. And I was just really happy for the move back home because the UK wasn't doing very well. And I remember I was just, I was just lost, to be honest. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I just don't, I really, really don't want to get another like full-time job and go back into an office and then like work, you know. Um, I just, I just, I don't know, it just didn't excite me. And so I remember being quarantined and I've already had like bits and bobs of ideas, you know, like, but I think I told myself I probably won't pursue it. It's not stable. And I gave myself the kind of pep talk where I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah, I just didn't have the confidence. But then in quarantine, I remember like just having so much time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to yeah, give a couple calls here and there. No idea how to, yeah, where to even start. But and I called a couple of Cory bag suppliers and things like that and just had like long chats. You know, the great thing about like, um, like Kiwi-owned businesses and local businesses is they're so helpful. I had probably a half an hour chat with someone actually at Repack. I use their Cory bags now. And we just had a long, long chat about how I could work things out, um, what I could use, things like that. And that just really encouraged and pushed me to, oh, this is actually, yeah, this is feasible. This is going to work. And, and so how does And Again work? Yeah, so with And Again, you go online and you order a tidy kit. And a tidy kit comes um, with like a huge courier-sized bag, um, which fits about... 25 to 35 items, depending on how thick things are. Um, inside you'll have like an instruction and also a free return label. Um, you order one of those kits online, you get that in the mail, you fill up with all the clothes you no longer wear, pop that return label on, and then get a quarry to collect it from your home, whether it's from your office or from your home, and then get shipped back, and then we kind of deal with all the nitty-gritty things from there. That includes modelling and taking pictures with the clothes, putting them onto the website, pricing and sending any items bought out to buyers. Wendy takes a cut of what is sold and original owners of the items can either choose to be paid out in cash or store credit. For the first 30 days, um, your item gets listed on the website. After 30 days, it then gets discounted. Um, once it's discounted, you have another 30 days, um, so a full 60-day listing window. When you started it, did you start it thinking, oh, I'll just try it out and see how it goes. If it, if it doesn't take off, it doesn't take off and I'll try something else. 
Yeah, like basically I had no expectations for this. Like I think at the very, very beginning when I launched it, I was like, oh, maybe I'll budget to send out maybe like 10, 15 kits. I'll keep it on the side of my bedroom wall because um, I have like a small space there. And then, yeah, I'll just sell some clothes, you know, just 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 take it easy, um, see how it goes. Like I had no expectation. I was fully ready to to like do up my CV and go back into a, back into a job. But I think on the first day, like, I almost sold out all my kits. Like wow. I had like over a hundred, like, I think I had like about a hundred and yeah, it just picked up from the get go, um, just by word of mouth. And, um, I think probably it's just extremely relatable. And for the items that haven't found a new home? Yeah, so you have the options to get that sent back to you. Another option is for us to donate that to charity, but because the kind of the side where it's, you know, when items don't get sold and I just, I have a huge passion of mine is I don't want to just make my problem someone else's problem and just kind of ship everything back to charity because that's just offloading things that didn't sell. So I'm actually working on a second project that I haven't actually told anyone, um, not many people actually, but yeah. um, a second project of mine is I want to start repurposing those items that haven't been sold into things like, you know, like scrunchies or headscarves and, and try and find new life for the clothing that hasn't sold so that we're not just dumping it to somewhere on someone else to kind of deal with. It's quite interesting the um, difference between men and women in that too. Women are slightly more likely than men to have a side hustle, so approximately 35% versus 31% for men. Why do you think that is? So we don't, it's hard to say exactly. Uh, we just have that information. That one of the reason, one of the interesting things we do have in that area is um, the understanding of why people take on side hustles. So we do have a breakdown. What was the reason why you took on a side hustle? And we know that women are more likely to take on a side hustle because they say they need the money. So that was accounting for sixty-five percent of respondents versus that's a lot. Yeah, it is versus fifty-five percent for men. So it drops a bit there. And also, men are more likely to take on a side hustle to fill in um, some free time that they have, whereas less likely for women. Women appears to be side hustles appear to be much more of a financial imperative than it is for men. Hmm. So, do you have any data about? why that might be? I mean, is it because women are not paid as much and, and so that they need to have a side hustle? Or um, I know in the pandemic... The true extent of our job market crisis has been revealed with newly released figures showing out of the 11,000 people who lost their jobs in the past three months, 90% are women. We don't have exact data on that. We can just basically reaffirm what you were saying there. StatsNZ came out with some data recently, I think just in March, saying that the level of employment for women was has increased at a fairly significant rate when compared to men over the course of last year. So women have been disproportionately impacted by the effects of COVID. So again, there does seem to be a, um, a greater uh, demand for women um, who require side hustles to, to make money rather than doing it as like a passion project, for example. So if you were someone who wanted to start a side hustle, maybe one of the things people would consider is that this is a lot of admin, like I don't know where to start. What is your advice to anyone who is thinking of going down this path? So I think the first thing you do need with a side hustle is um, some hustle, some grit and some determination, kind of diving in and, and kind of really kind of getting in and, and uh, just experimenting and finding out um, what options are available, first of all. So the first thing to do would be to assess what 
do you have that you can offer that you can monetize? Do you have a skill? So back to the photography example, do you, are you a photographer who can then, you know, photograph um, birthdays or weddings on a weekend, for example? Do you have a spare room that you can rent out? Do you have a car you can use for delivery driving, for example? Most people do have something to offer. And I think with the increase of platforms like, you know, Fiverr or Upwork or, you know, the various driver ride sharing programs that are around, there's definitely an increase in opportunities and everyone has something to offer. Um, I'd say, first of all, consider the um, how you'd finance the side hustles. Some side hustles do require uh, either an initial outlay or an ongoing expense. So say, for instance, if you were a, like a, a driver for a ride-sharing service, then there's petrol insurance costs to bear in mind. Um, also bear in mind there are tax implications for side hustles. Even if you're earning just a small amount of money, there is still tax to be paid on that. So important to bear that in mind. And probably also just to be um, conscious of the money that you're earning. If you're suddenly earning more money than you did expect um, than you were previously, it can be quite easy to kind of see it as just extra money and spend it on things that you might not otherwise. But be conscious of that and maybe kind of you know put some aside and save some or kind of use it to further support your side hustle. If you really want to do well at it, you have to put in the time. I find because this a lot of the stuff I'm doing at the moment, I'm still learning and I'm still implementing those systems. I'm tr- still trying to figure things out. It does take a lot of time. And for my mental health sake, it's just, yeah, just dedicating time to, to work, but also to rest as well. And so you can't do that if you're kind of um, stretched too thin. Mm. Yeah, to avoid burnout, right? Yeah, 100%. Burnout is... I never knew what burnout was. I I always heard, oh, burnout, burnout. Oh, burnout's really bad. But I think until I actually experienced burnout and felt that, it's horrible. Like, it's, I've never in my life put mental health or physical health first. It's always been at the bottom of my list. But until I've actually f- went all into a side hustle or, or, you know, trying to start up my own business, that's when I started to experience it. And I think it's sometimes when you're online on Instagram, you see all these successful like side hustles and business owners, you're like, damn, they're doing so well. And sometimes you just don't see the burnout or you don't see the kind of the hustle behind all of it. And I think that paints a really different picture to what entrepreneurship sometimes is because I was like, oh, maybe I'm different. Maybe I'm just not working hard enough or, and you're just pushing yourself. But yeah, no, like along this journey, I've really learned what burnout is, but also what kind of like, you know, general well-being and, and taking care of yourself is. Yeah, because I guess the hard thing is that when you're doing your own business, the um, lines for this is when I'm working and this is when I'm just at home can be very blurry. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I think also the hardest thing about that is I work in my bedroom. I'm shooting in my bedroom, so stuff is everywhere. I'm editing in my bedroom and then I'll come upstairs and then I'll do, you know, other stuff. So I think the lines are blurred because my personal space and my workspace because the space is limited, it also limits the fact that I can kind of separate those two. But I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. What are some of the things that you found helpful to help you have those boundaries? Um, literally just saying I should work less in my bedroom. So that first of all, like I'm trying to keep things organized and clean and kind of move things out. So I'm not physically seeing things all the time because when you see it, it just, it just stresses me out when I'm, when I can actually see it inside. I'm like, Oh, I should do that now. Or yeah, things like that. But also just set time away from home. 
I work from home every single day, seven days a week. And I find that even relaxing is at home. And, and I just never felt like I could relax. So it's really just getting out of the house and doing other things. We've got two small boys, you know, and we both work full time and we do this. Like, I'm not saying it's easier for people in different positions, but we probably went in it, in it at one of the most busiest periods of our lives. But yeah, so there is times when we're like, ah, oh, God, I have to go to the shed and do, do one of those triangles because it needs to go out tomorrow. But not so much that we don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like everyone gets tired and sometimes you're like, ugh, but not enough to say, nah, we're uh, done with this kind of thing. There's a couple of times with a couple of the big beds we've done that my time management was just that poor that we've had to do long nights. And then then you do get to the, like you do your day job and it comes to knock off and you're like, no, I'm going to go home, have dinner and then have to go do my other job now. And, you know, so there's a couple of times there where we... It did get a bit much, but it passes really quickly when you see the end result and you see the joy on the child's face when you deliver. That's it for today. I'm Jessie Chang. Thanks to Kevin McHugh, Wendy Quach, Sarah Bertram and Johan Kafelhofer. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Mark Jennings produced this episode. Jeremy Ansel engineered it. Ka kite anō.